It is a time for children this morning. I'd like to invite all the kids forward for our time together today. Hi, Casey. Good morning, Kobe. Come on up. Have a seat. Got a spot? Hi, Dylan. Hi, Hamish. Good morning. Hi, Timothy. Good morning. I'm glad you all are in worship this morning. Hi, Charlie. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so you should know by now that if you're going to come up to children's time, you should listen to what happened right before. Have you figured that out? Miss Sharon just read a scripture, and there was two kinds of animals in there at the very beginning. Did anybody catch what they were? Mm-hmm. Goats and sheep. That's right. There was goats and sheep in there. And that scripture makes me laugh. I mean, not all of it because he's talking about something serious. But when I think about goats, that makes me laugh. Have you been around goats very much? Okay, I got to tell you something about goats if you haven't been around them. Okay, picture sheep. You know, you picture sheep and you picture them eating green grass in a field and baying and all that good stuff. You know what I think of when I think about goats? Goats will eat anything. Anything. They will eat clothes. They will eat paper. They will, of course, eat grass. They will eat anything. Hi, Harrison. One time, um, this was a long time ago, I had some friends that bought a little goat. They did. They bought a little goat because we had a friend whose nickname was Goat. His real name was Brian, but everybody called him Goat. And he was having a birthday or something, so... We bought a little goat, and we put a sign next to the goat because our friend's name was Goat. And some people who didn't know our friend Goat were a little upset about the sign. But you know what? The goat ate the sign. (laughs) So nobody was upset anymore. I I just always think sometimes, what is that goat doing? Did you know something about goats, Cooper? They will eat trash. And they will eat everything. And what do you know about food? What did your teachers and your parents tell you about what you eat? One time. Have you ever heard you are? One time. What's the rest of the sentence? Do you know? You are what you eat. <laughs> Those poor goats. I mean, I don't have anything against goats. I just don't get why they eat all that trash. Well, here in the story, can I tell you about sheep and goats? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus is telling us about sheep and goats. And in his story... The sheep are the ones that are doing the right thing. And the goats are the ones that didn't make very good choices. Like they ate the garbage. I don't understand why they ate the garbage. But I think Jesus is telling us, you know, whatever you spend time with, whatever you're filling yourself up with, that's what you're going to be, right? And so he has some examples here of what kinds of things that we might do when we're filled up with God's songs. And when we're surrounded by God's people, and when we are learning the stories that Jesus taught, did any of you hear what kind of things those were that we might do? Oh, you're thinking about it. You had the two animals. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. What kind of things might God's children do in the world? If you knew somebody who was hungry, what might you do? What might you do, Harrison? If you knew someone who was hungry? Yeah, we might feed them. Yeah, exactly. What if we knew somebody who was thirsty? Yeah, give them something to drink. 
What if you knew somebody who didn't have a warm coat in the winter? Get them a coat. What if you knew somebody, what if there's a new kid at school who doesn't know anybody at all and they're so nervous about being at school where they don't know anybody? Yeah. Yeah. You could go make a new friend. Yeah. What if you know somebody who's sick? What could you do? Yeah. Make them chicken noodle soup. That would be a wonderful, loving thing to do. Yeah, so when we're filling ourselves up with good green grass instead of garbage, like the goat that Cooper happens to know there, yeah, then what comes out is these beautiful, beautiful things. And people go, how come they share their lunch? They don't know that kid. How come you bought them a coat? That's, you don't have to spend your money on them. Why would you make friends with a new kid? That new kid looks strange. You know why we do it? Tell me why we do it. Why do we do it? To be kind. To be be loving. To share God's love in the world. Yeah. I think in a little bit later in the service, will you be listening? We're going to hear another way later that we can share coats and food and gifts. And you get to be a part of that too. Yeah. Let's give thanks this morning. Can we get a hand? Thank you. It's very nice getting a hand. As we pray together and we say, Dear God, we thank you for all the good gifts, for all of our blessings. Help us, Lord, to share your love every day. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Good job. I'm glad you came up. We're continuing our series today, uh, unpacking our new mission statement. You will see that mission statement printed at the top of your bulletin. Uh, We are cultivating Christian community by loving God, living faith, serving others, and inspiring hope. And today we're talking about what it means to live faith, both individually and in community and Um, I think one of the best places to look for how to do that is in the book of James. And so we are in chapter 1 of James, and we will begin reading at verse 22. Listen for the word of God. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So what is it like to play a game with no rules? I see some grimaces, yeah? Anybody ever tried to play a game without rules? Yeah? What? What? Oh, that's right. In confirmation class, y'all try playing a game without rules. So how's that working for you? Ah, it doesn't work very well. On the other hand, anybody play a game with somebody who's like, got to be this way? You know? I don't know. I, I'm a mom, so when I'm, you know, playing games with, you know, my daughter and her husband or my nieces and nephew, you know, I tend to kind of fudge on the rules, you know? Especially the little ones, because they're learning, right? I grew up in a family that played 42 a lot. Anybody play 42? I love 42. I'm really, really, really rusty. But um, especially my grandmother and my aunt and my mom, and then we had some extended family, watching them around the 42 table was like watching a well-greased machine. You know, and especially a couple of them after the first hand or maybe the second hand, they knew where everybody had. But they would just sit there, you know, quietly, you know, and just nice little conversation and everybody knew the rules and they'd just sit there and play. And, you know, they had played 42 for so long, they had internalized the rules. And so watching them play was really a thing of beauty. Um, these words that we hear from the book of James are kind of like a rule book for a faith community. Um, Martin Luther didn't like the book of James. He, uh, he would threaten from time to time to throw Jimmy in the fire. Uh, <laughs> because he thought it was a little too Jewish. Um, you know, Jesus was Jewish, right? He didn't convert. Um, but the book of James, I think, is really brilliant at talking about law or rules and how we internalize those so that then we become doers of the word as opposed to just hearers. We learn about the law of liberty is the term that James uses. Like um, the Israelites learned from the Torah. And then Jesus came doing his own Torah on the Torah, his own teaching on the Torah. And it is the law of liberty by which we are freed from that which weighs us down, the sin that weighs us down. And James uses a stunning image. He says... Those who are just hearers of the word and not doers are like people who look at themselves in the mirror and as soon as they walk away, they forget who they are. They forget who they are. 
Now, it's kind of stunning to think about looking at oneself in the mirror and forgetting what you look like. But I think James is after something deeper here. Forgetfulness of whose we are and then internalizing who has claimed us and then acting out of that blessing and claim. Our culture, I think, is a culture of forgetfulness, is it not? We measure ourselves by what we acquire or what we um, achieve. We measure ourselves by our stuff. And it is just kind of in the soup of our culture. But James is after a measure of a different kind. James is after fostering within the community what it means to be doers of the word, doers who have looked in the mirror and who have seen who is looking back at them with eyes of love, with eyes of grace, with eyes of mercy, and with eyes of compassion. And James is encouraging the community to remember who it is who has claimed them and then what arises out of that claim. To be doers according to the model that Jesus of Nazareth gives us, who offers compassion and healing to the marginalized and to those who suffer, those who are without as opposed to those who have. And the language that James uses is, is of course, the language of the widow and the orphan, the stranger, those biblical categories of those who found themselves on the outskirts of the community And what it means to live faith is to hear and to let it sink in and then to let it become doing that is integrated with the hearing. It's not doing just for doing's sake. It's doing that arises out of hearing and taking into our own being that we are blessed And that Jesus has claimed us, claimed us for God's own, claimed us to do works of mercy and works of righteousness, the work of the kingdom. And that is who we are called to be as community. I tell you, this week... With the flood buckets? That's living faith, my friends. Detergent, bug spray, and all the stuff that goes into a flood bucket, and then people stepping out and saying, I will help deliver those. 
And do you know that when those 67, Randy, 67, 62, excuse me, 62 flood buckets went to First United Methodist Church of Humble. As they were being unloaded, there were people coming to take flood buckets. That, my friends, it is living faith. It is letting the word of God sink so deeply within us that our behavior is patterned by what we have heard. And it puts us back together. Does that make sense? It integrates us as people not just of the flesh, but people of the spirit. People who are acting as Jesus' hands and feet in the world. My friends, that is who we are called to be as this community of faith. May God empower our faith as well as our living. Amen.